Welcome to the Spark Report. John W. Davis and Pavi. What's going on, Pav? How you feeling? I'm good, man. How you feeling? Happy I'm Labor doing, Day, by the way. Thank you. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to you as well. I'm feeling good. I am enjoying where the Sparks are at right now. 14 and 5. Three games left in the season. The last week we both predicted two and one. We both predicted they would lose to the storm. I don't think I thought they would lose like that to the yeah, storm. I didn't think they lose. But I, mean, I thought it would be close. I didn't think they would lose on a you know buzzer beater though. I, right I on a on a controversial buzzer beater without NECA. But when I say without NECA and you lose by a point, and it was something like that where if they played that over, she wouldn't make that shot every single time. She'd miss it more than she would make it. I agree. So, yeah. I mean, you kind of got to take it. But that's why I was saying that if the Sparks won a top two seed, they had to go five out of six out of the last six games. Now they got to win these next three. They win these next three. They're looking really good for a top two seed. If they lose one of these, that's it. They're three or four. And so that's kind of how I got to my theory last week. But what were your impressions of – the last game against the sky. Um, I thought they played pretty well. Um, I, I, I thought all things considered, obviously you had like injuries like that. You people go down with injuries, you mm -hmm. know, it can kind of take the life out of a team. So I think that all things considered, when you like, like I said, factor in the injuries, I think they played pretty well. Obviously, Cheyenne Parker going for 21 and what was it, eight rebounds in the first half isn't necessarily ideal. Yeah. But, 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 but like I said, I think all things considered, when you when you factor in the fact that, that they did have injuries close knit group, um, I think that can kind of take the air out of a team sometimes. Um, I think that uh, uh, they persevered through it. I thought both teams got up because of that point guard, point guard debate. I thought that was interesting. You don't, nat you don't naturally see those two going up against each other during the game because the Sparks like to put their best perimeter defense on the, the head of the snake or the head of the offense. So they would have Sykes on her and different people like that, even Cooper. But I think that both of them played pretty well. I would say overall, even though Vandersloot had a lot more assists, overall, I might give it to um, Gray because, because Vandersloot's defense, yeah, it was, it was, she was not happy with it. I, I caught Vandersloot on camera saying, I cannot guard anybody today. Yeah. And, and so you got to be neutral or you're canceling out all of your offense. But is our guest here? Yes, she is. John, do you want to introduce her? Oh, yes, I, I do want to introduce her. So this is second year assistant head assistant coach of the L.A. Sparks, Latricia Trammell. She has experience not only in L.A., but also in other markets in the WNBA. She's also been a head coach in her past. So I want to start off with this coach LT. First of all, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. How are you, gentlemen? It's great seeing you. I'm doing, doing, I'm well. doing great. Good. It's like great well, to see like you. Well. So I want to start off with this. So how we miss you guys. Let me say that. Thank you so much. We, we miss, miss you too. too. Yeah. You. I, 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 I really do miss coming to the games and actually like being there in person and covering it. It's definitely a different experience and field. And also even just the vantage points. I think that the main thing, like me, I'm somebody who just likes basketball. So I think the main thing that I super miss is coming to the games and just seeing it from a different angle than what you would normally see it, you know, like on TV. You pick mm -hmm. up I agree completely. It's just not the same. Yeah, yeah. You still covering us, and you guys do a great job. And we, like I said, we just appreciate you so much. Thank well, you. We, Thank we, we appreciate that. I want to start off with this, Coach LT. So, okay, how, does, how does a player back in the day who used to drop forty points all the time in high school, like a lot? Okay, drop forty six at one point. How do you switch over and become so focused on defense? You've done your homework. I don't know who you've been talking to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great question because I, you know, as a player, I I, I even told the team this. I was such an offensive-minded player that I, I really defense was an afterthought. But being a a high school coach, a college coach, and now a professional coach. I just know that championships are won on the defensive end. And my experiences in, in the championships that I have won, and we've had great offensive players. We have had great um, times and games that we, I knew we, we could always make a basket, but I knew that we had to get stops to win. Uh, we just couldn't go down to the wire on, on most games. And so defensively, it, it's, it's a place to get it done. 
But being um, such an offensive-minded player, um, when you know when you um, look back on everything, do you think that you knowing, I guess, what a what a um, offensive player is thinking, especially when they're you know trying to score, it helps you um, coach a defense. Just knowing yeah. about offense. Yeah, that that's another great point. I mean, that's why we do so much uh, scouting and and reviewing other teams and what they're going to do because you do have a sense, and that's why we I think we have great defenders. Think of the players that we have on our team; uh, they know what that offensive player is thinking, so we can put ourselves in situations on the defensive end to be successful. So I do think that that definitely helps uh, when when you understand the offensive end when it comes to. Um, it's like a chess game, in my opinion. You're always wanting to put the defensive players where the offense wants to go, and you want to disrupt what they want to do. You want to take away what they're comfortable doing. And so I think that that definitely helps. That's a great point. And to that point, it seems like you kind of take that focus. You're talking about playing you know, chess instead of checkers. And it seemed like you did that against the sky, too, when Courtney Vandersloot, obviously she was – you know, getting a lot of assists and things like that. But it seems like the team actually decided that they wanted to go at her when she was guarding to kind of balance that out. Yeah, that that, that's true. Now I'm going to brag on, on our, on our team because um, they, you know, last season, I I think we were more focused on that offensive end, to be honest. And it's amazing how I I sit back now. and, And when we, when we go over our film sessions and the conversation is about defense and I, I just sat back and just smile, you know what I mean? Because they do have a sense of pride. They have a sense of urgency. Um, I heard NECA say the other day that she actually loves defense. She has fun on the defensive end. And so that brings me joy, you know, to, to, to hear these players have a, like I said, a sense of pride, a sense of urgency, a sense of empowerment when they're on that end because they know they're going to score but they may have not have always focused on that defensive end. So to, to hear the conversations that they're having on that end and wanting to enhance their skill set on the defensive end, um, that's pretty powerful. What do you think changed? Well, you know, I think just having a, a sense of, of pride and purpose. I mean, that's an area that that I love. Coach Fisher loves, obviously. And so every day we we bring that passion and that energy and and we're wanting to show them. Um, and I always believe in the positives. I really do. And so I like to show them clips of them being successful on the defensive end. I want to show them being um maybe something that they thought they weren't great defenders. I'm going to tell you, I remember Candace Parker last season said, you know, I used to give her a hard time all the time about, she was like, I'm not just a very good defender. And now I'm, I, I just remember this moment this season, it was a couple of weeks ago. I walked over to, and I said, you know, you're a great defender. She goes, yeah, I know. And I went, yes. yes. So it's that point of just showing them the positives and reiterating what you want and then showing them being successful uh, of what you're wanting them to accomplish, I, I think that says a lot. Um, well, I mean, you just you just spoke about Candace. I mean, defensively this year, in my opinion, I think she's the, the um, defensive player um, of the year. She's averaging ten rebounds. Um, I mean, obviously, you you know knew the potential that she had just as a basketball player in general, one of the greatest basketball players um, ever. But did you even see her getting to this type of level defensively for you all this year? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's Candace Parker. Come on. When she sets her mind to something, she's going to get it done. You know, if, if, no matter if it's on the court or off the court. And like you mentioned, you know, she is leading the league in um, rebounds, uh, averaging, uh, I believe, 10. And so it's we have three players that are in the top 25 in steals. And it's yeah, I mean, she's when she sets her mind to something, um, and she feels great. I mean, you know, under the circumstances, when we think about being in this bubble, um, I think it actually has helped uh, players like Candace because she's not sitting on commercial flights, traveling cramped in a seat. Uh, she's not traveling once a week to Atlanta, you know, in the red eye, and then trying to get back to um, practice. And so she's been able to really focus on her body mentally, physically, I mean, emotionally, if you want to go spiritually, if you really want to get into details. And so she's in a great place. Um, She's having fun. Of course, her daughter is here, you know, and so it's uh, I'm just so proud of her and excited for her and this entire team uh, moving forward in the playoffs. Um, Real quick, switching it back to offense, actually, 
We okay. Know, we, just, we just spoke about her leading the league in rebounds. With her being the spectacular offensive player that she is, especially the playmaker that she is, can you just talk about what it does for your offense when she is rebounding the ball, you know, on leading the break and, 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 and getting out? You know, she's, you know, going in her 13th year and she's playing like she's in her fifth. You know, I mean, she she's uh, she makes a lot of things happen, obviously, on both ends. But just the confidence that she has right now. And, you know, when you think about, well, it is Candace Parker. She, you know, I'm sure she has confidence all the time and and feels great. But, you know, this is a trying time. There is a lot of things about, you know, systemic racism and sexism. And we're trying to get people to understand about getting out and vote you know, to vote and, you know, in their local elections and, and moving forward and what we're trying to, uh, you know, these platforms that we're on. So, that, you know, that takes a toll. I mean, they're doing more than just being in the bubble, getting tested every day for COVID and, you know, and our temperatures checked. I mean, they're trying to make a difference in using their platforms. So when I go back to all of that, okay, of, of all these things in these second and third opportunities that they're doing with their, with their jobs is, she's in a great place. And obviously she brings out the best in everyone. And I'm not going to talk about just Candace. That is NECA. That is Chelsea. That is any, any player that I mention on our team, they're all fighting for something bigger, but they're also fighting for one another. And so when they see Candace being successful in the defensive end, when they see Candace being successful in the offensive end, um, she takes the excuse away from everybody else. I always call it that sheepdog leadership. You know, if you won here, you know, it takes away all the other excuses. She goes over and grabs them and brings them in to get them back on the same page. And so you've got to have players like that on your team to be successful. So, and guess, I guess to kind of go along with that, you know, Coach Fred is not there. It's, you know, yeah. from last year's staff, it's just you and Derek Fisher there. You know, how has your role changed inside the Wubble? Yeah, it has changed a lot. We're all taking, though, it. we're all taking on more responsibilities because there's only eight here. And I've got to give credit to our training staff and, and Courtney and, and Terrence, I mean, because they are doing a absolute fantastic job uh, of keeping our players safe and healthy. And um, but, yeah, we're all taking on more responsibilities. Uh, of course, we miss Fred. He's such a great guy. And, you know, we talk to him uh, often. Uh, he actually, his responsibilities right now is he, he puts on our scouts um, on our just play account so the players can see. And I mean, so he's in, he, he visits with us, obviously, and, and he's still a part of what we're trying to accomplish here and winning a championship. But for all of us, our responsibilities have definitely changed. And, and, uh, but it, it, it's been a positive thing. I've, I've really enjoyed and you're also kind of like you're like specifically teaching defense though inside the wobble compared to last year right yes I am yeah and I'm gonna give it credit again to coach Fisher because he he's such a player's coach and he he does such a a great job of understanding how they feel and and the approach that they need to take on the court and he's given me a lot of responsibility you know and you know I go in and talk to the players about defense prior to in the timeouts prior to him coming in and talking about offense and so you've got to you know that you you know you have a very confident head coach when they when he delegates and allows his assistant coaches um, to have some accountability. I always like to say that, you know, there's ownership there. We're not renting a position in the Sparks organization. We're actually a, a part of this process of moving forward. So I've got I've got to give Coach Fisher a lot of credit for just allowing to empower the assistant coaches and, and Fred and I and and uh, in moving forward uh, this organization and being an, an impactful person. You know, coach and in person for these players um with games you know every single day and not really too much practice time to um you know um um in between i guess i want to ask how is scouting and what's your approach to it like do you just kind of worry about yourself or do you still look at films from other teams and kind of prepare for them mm, great question you know it's um we obviously, number one priority is focusing on ourselves and how we can improve and, and move forward um, into the playoffs. So we're doing that on a daily basis right now. And uh, the players, it, it's hard to practice. And that's something that I think is um, is a hindrance, really, uh, 
to our team and in many ways because we always look at each other and go, man, we've got to get in, in a, into the gym and practice these things uh, and have some sweat equity and, you know, and, 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 and coming into our next game. But, you know, of course, we have a game tomorrow. And today we gave them off because they need to rest their bodies. They're, they're an older team. And uh, we've got to make sure that uh, everyone is, is there uh, in the end. And preparing for other teams, it, it's nonstop. We, we you know we, we show them a, a scout edit where we're putting film together of their, their plays or transition, how they defend us, uh, defended us the first time we played them. And um, we're even looking at what other teams do you know, to uh, these particular players in certain situations. And so it's a ongoing process. It's tons and tons of papers <laughs> getting prepared for our next opponent. So that is, and we're watching, you know, I sit in the hotel lobby, you know, outside of practice and Coach Fisher does as well. And we're sitting there and players come in and out. And we watch individual film with them because that's what we're going on right now since our, our practice time is limited. And so this is, a, you know, video don't lie as the, the old saying goes. And so uh, we, we watch a lot of film with our players. Um, as far as defensive philosophies, um, what is more important to you, guarding the paint or taking away a three-point line and why? Yeah, I know that's a question because sometimes we, you know, the team, you know, in our staff back at home, you know, they, they give us a lot of data and a lot of statistics. And I'm a firm believer on that. And when teams come in, we, we look at what they're best at. And seems like a lot of teams that we have played, most of the points have came from the paint. And so we're trying to take away some of their primary looks on offense. And so when you ask me, is it more important than the three? I, I want to take away everything. <laughs> I, I always say that I don't want anyone to score. And they keep telling me that's impossible. But that's the approach that I want to take. And I see someone shoot and score. I'm like, why? You know, <laughs> and, you know, and they're all like, really? But, you know, it's, it's so it, it depends on the team. You know, sometimes, you know, that we focus a lot on the point at uh, the paint and we're going to give up some of those threes. And then there's times that we want really want to do a close out and push, you know, run them off the three point line. And in turn, we've got to rely on our help side. We call it our championship side and they've got to be there to help their teammates um, in case that happens. So it depends on the on the team that we're playing, to be honest. But I, I don't want anyone to score. <laughs> so you want to go back to the, the non-shot clock era where you could just get the first basket and then just hold it? Just, you know, just go and sit and eat some popcorn and, you know, and just wait for them to foul. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not every assistant coach has past experience as a head coach, but you do at several places. So how do you think that that is benefiting you right now with such a, a small staff and such a condensed season? Yeah, I think it helps greatly because I, you know, what's what's good about it is I can sit back and and evaluate a lot of different things. Because when you're in that, you know, I always say it's six inches over. When you're in that head coaching, uh, you know, spot, um, you're having to see everything. So I get to sit back, take a deep breath, listen to the players, um, see a lot of different um, aspects of the game that goes on. So I can give, and maybe even. You know, I've coached women my entire career. And so that has helped to being able to share some of my thoughts about maybe what they are thinking and 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 um, what we need to do for them. And uh, so I, I think just just having those experiences, those championship uh, level experiences and and uh, winning national championships, for that matter, I, I think that has helped greatly. Um, at least I hope it has. He says it does. So I hope that 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 I've helped Coach Fisher in 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 getting us in this position that we're in now. Um, as far as the bond between you all, you know, I think that this season is a very unique season. Like you said, there's so much going on outside of basketball. There's still a whole pandemic going on. Obviously, it's a lot of social unrest right now. I guess can you just talk about the bond that this team shares? Pretty much everybody, you know, dealing with the same circumstances, and everybody, you know, I think a common, uh, a, a, a um, consistent thing have been, theme has been in more than basketball. We're playing for something bigger, you know. You're so with the weight that everybody is dealing with, can you talk about the bond between this team? I'm going to tell you, we we talk about this all the time. In fact, before I 
jumped on with you guys. Nick had called me and, and said, hey, you know, after your podcast and working out, Marie, you want to stop by the lodge? We're having game night. You know, if you want to come and play some games. I mean, I don't think that would have happened in L.A., to be honest, because there's so much going on, you know, uh, that they had to do because they, they are empowering, inspiring, strong women that are out there making a difference in, in, in many ways uh, outside of basketball. And so I, this opportunity has brought us so close. I mean, the entire staff is closer. Um, I had a, someone ask me the other day, you know, what, what is the biggest thing you're going to take away from the bubble? And that is building relationships that I don't think would have happened, you know, outside. And so these players getting together, I think it's helping us on the court. I think we're getting to know each other better. Uh, we've had movie nights. We've had um, team dinners. We've had um, – we got together and, and watched the games, you know, together, but they're doing a lot on the outside too. I mean, you'll see them at, at you know, at the pool together and, and it, it has helped with the chemistry. It is, I think it's helped with uh, fighting for one another more, uh, understanding where we're coming from. Uh, and then what, you, what we're talking about, why we're here, you know, and the platforms that these young ladies have, they have shared some very personal very personal stories that have affected them and their families. And so it makes me want to work harder for each individual, you know, and I think that that these players are doing that. And so that aspect of getting to know them better, I just don't know if it would have happened in LA. So I've been very proud and, and uh, so honored to be a part of this team. They've also lifted you up during this season as well, during the breast cancer night when they were playing for your mother, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that was, unbelievable because that was not expected, but I should have expected it because of the people they are. Right. And so, yeah, they, um, it, it was under, you know, unbelievable. Candace, you know, wrote my mother's neck. She went first and shoot around. She walked up and hugged me and said, uh, can I have your permission to wear your mom's name on my shoe tonight? And I was like, why to it? I just, you know, my whole family cries. So I'm just going to let you know when we, we care and we're passionate about something. And so she, you know, gave me the shoes afterwards. And then, you know, after the game, NECA, presented me with a, um, a pink uniform with my name on the back. And I had, had, they sent me flowers that day in the villa. So they're just very thoughtful. And my family was very honored for them to do that. And it, they never cease to amaze me. I'm just going to tell you, they're, they're incredible. I love them dearly. Um, well, it seems like you all are honestly friends. Like, you know, like outside of basketball, it seems like you are like honestly friends. Like yeah. you've coached other places. Have you ever had a situation kind of like this with players with like such a close personal attachment? Yeah, you know, that's something that I've always really, and part of my coaching philosophy is building relationships. I think it's really, really important. So even, you know, the other teams that I've had, I, I've always believed in team bonding. Uh, I always believe that if, you know, if you, get that one-on-one -on -one relationship, you find out about their backgrounds, where they come from. Um, it helps me coach them and, you know, and even helping them. I still talk to players from 25 years ago. And I just think that part is important. I mean, it is bigger than basketball. I mean, of course, do we want to win? You're daggum right, you know, more than anything. But also, they're human beings. You've got to treat them the way that, you know, that they should be treated and give them uh, opportunities that they uh, normally wouldn't have. In, in certain situations. So I, I think it's it's important to do that. So yes, I tried to build those relationships with every team that I have. And um, I, I just think it's important. I feel like two of the players who have built the one of the strongest relationships on the team, one of the strongest friendships on the team are Sydney and Brittany. And you know, slim and garlic salt, whatever you want to call it. But but in in the last game, I almost you know, not that it should happen this way, but I almost thought it was apropos that both of them are dealing with injuries in the same game. Like Sydney went down, I saw Brittany, she walked away to the other side of the court because I know that that is one of the closest people in her life, even though she's only lived with her for six weeks. Well, that goes um, back to what you said about this bubble, you know, and, yeah. and we're getting so, you know, how we're getting so close and those two have an amazing friendship and there's, they're funny. I mean, <laughs> they're unbelievable. They bring a lot of humor and joy and positivity to our team. 
You've asked both of them to do a lot, though, this season, both entering the starting lineup, especially Brittany taking on and accepting the challenge of guarding the toughest person out there every time. You know, how are you thinking about adjustments knowing that Sydney is out right now and then Brittany is trying to recover from her contusion? Yeah, that's uh yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. Sid is out, and hopefully, we'll get her back for the playoffs. Uh, Brittany is day by day, you know, because of her contusion. Um, but both are are staying positive. I talked to him actually about an hour ago prior to coming, and but you got to think about our bench. With you know, we just have players that going to have to continue to do what they're doing, and Raquan mm-hmm. Williams and TRP, and you know, we have some some great players, and so. I, I'm not, we're not worried about that. Um, I think that uh, we always have had players and we're used to adversity. And so I think that we're going to have uh, players that are going to step in just fine, even though they are a, a big loss, but we want to do what's best for them uh, to get them again, safe, healthy, and ready for the playoffs. Cause I think that's, what's really going to matter. I think who's going to win this championship is the one that has everybody on their roster playing and that are rested and and healthy. I really do. I agree with you. I think one of the healthiest teams are, or the healthiest team will probably win this. So with that, it's gotta be important to try to get as much rest going into the playoffs as possible. Like obviously at bare minimum, you're looking at, you know, only playing in the second round and beyond, but I mean, you would prefer to be, in the automatic buy, double buy in the semifinals, right? The ultimate go. We, we need to win the rest of the games. You know what I mean? We got to control our own destiny and, and, and take care of business. And we have said that since day one and the players know that. And so um, I believe things happen for a reason. And so I think this is given an opportunity again for our younger players to get great experience. Cause we're going to need everyone in the playoffs and, um, yeah, and when we'll get them back, you know, NECA has missed. Think about that. NECA had missed three games. She got she returned last night. Uh, but again, we played so well against Seattle. It, it shows that we can win a championship, and that was without NECA. And so, I mean, there's a there's a lot of positives that that are. If you want to, I'm always think the positive way. But there is a lot of positives coming out of this, and I only think it's going to make us stronger going into the playoffs. So how do you manage that? Um, you know, because obviously, for instance, in, in, in a um in a um game like Seattle, especially with no neck, it would be very easy to you know want to play Candace 35, 36 minutes, something like that. You know, try to really go all out. You know, like um um you know win the game. So I guess how how do you manage that? And how do you also protect players from themselves? Because you may have a situation where a player really, 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 really wants to play, and you're like, you know what? No, sit back and still understand the fact that we're trying to win every single game here. How do you manage that? Yeah, it's that's that's. Coach Fisher, and I'm so glad he, he does such a great job of. He's really he talks because being a player, you know, and winning five championships, and you know, playing with the best players in the world, and him being one of them, uh, he understands that and he gets that. And also Courtney, our trainer. I mean, she is very protective of our players, and she's not going to put anyone out there that's not ready. And so. Um, we talk about that all the time. I'm just going to tell you. Coach Fisher talks about we've got to watch our, you know, minutes going in. We've got to watch them on the on the floor if we even think that they're looking tired and, you know, maybe give them three minutes to four minutes and then sub them out, you know, maybe calling timeouts more to give them some extra, uh, you know, rest in between. It's always nice when we have media timeouts as well because we get a longer timeout. So, you know, you think about some of those things that, you know, some people do not think they may be, at times you may think, why in the world are we calling the timeout now? Well, someone may need a break. You know what I mean? It may be nothing more than than trying to give them those rests or talk about those minutes that certain players are getting. And so um, so that's, like I said, Coach Fisher has, has done a, a great job of managing minutes. Um, also with, with Courtney of making sure that players are ready when they step on the floor. And so I think that's uh, that gives a, it's a great testament to them. I did want to ask you this. So what are what is your overall experience of the Wubble? Like, how are you spending the personal time that you have? Because, I mean, at some point you're just there alone in your yep. own thoughts. 
Yeah. And that, and that, you know, one thing about it, I think it helps because it, it is challenging. It's challenging for all of us to be here. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we always laugh that we count. We've had 65 COVID testing today. We get tested daily. Uh, we have our temperatures taken twice a day. Um, we're wearing the NBA, you know, the rings, you know, that's supposed to, you know, show symptoms, you know, several days prior. Uh, and then again, I think what helps us is that we do stay busy. And I know that uh, we're, we work every day and the players are, uh, we probably worry about them more than, than us, to be honest, because we want to make sure their well-being is, is good. And, and so we talk to them often about it. Um, I've went, I've gone fishing a couple of times. I love okay. to fish. And so there are ponds here on campus. And so I ordered a fishing rod online and had it delivered. And so actually uh, Candace's daughter and I, she loves to fish. I went and taught her how to fish. So I've done that three or four times. And, um, and again, it's, it's, it's just uh, staying focused on why we are here. And so it's nice to be able to sit here and talk to someone outside the bubble. I can see other people. It's really good. Yeah. A lot of air hug or something. You know, and, but when we go to the games, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but it's 20 minutes away where we play. Mm, so when we get on the bus to travel to uh, the arena, we actually past people. And we always joke about how are we going to function after we leave here? Because <laughs> we're so protected, you know, and, and so we get to see, you know, the outside world, you know, on the way to games and, and things like that. But, you know, we, we work a lot. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're here for a reason and, this, and that's why we're here, but we do take mental breaks at times, go for a walk, or like I said, I like to read and um, I love fishing. So anytime I get a chance, I'll go, even if it's 10 minutes, I'll go throw out a couple of times and then jump back on the golf cart and head back and watch film. Let me say this one more thing before I pass it over to Pabby. Okay. I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm mad that y'all haven't had your beach day. Every other team's been going to the beach, but I don't see the sparks at the beach. I'm, I'm kind of mad for you because well, I, because I live near the beach. So I'm really mad for you. Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't I'm be mad for you. I'm going to egg you on a little bit. Are you where's both? This, where's the right beach now? day? Where's, huh? I know. Well, I will tell you at first, like I said, I'm going to give all credit to Courtney, our, our trainer, because at first she she wanted to keep us safe and healthy and she just didn't feel right about us going to the beach because she didn't know if we we're going to be around other people mm -hmm. and she didn't know the, the, the situation or the circumstance. But she has been talking to other trainers from other teams that have uh, went to the beach and um, so I think that might be coming up if we, if we get that first or second seed. I think we may she may feel open to allowing us to go to the beach. She's just worried about us being around other people. And and her goal is to keep us all negative, which is a great thing, you know, and so that's yeah. the reason. Definitely understandable. Um, sounds like a good reason to win the next three games, though. Fabby. Yeah, I'm sure. sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw anybody under the bus, but you said you've had team dinners. So the question uh -oh. that I want to know is, what was the best meal that you had? Because I assume that the players cooked it or somebody in the organization cooked it. What was the best meal that you've had and who cooked it? Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that's tough. Man, that is. Well, we have two major chefs on our team. I'm just telling you, they need to have their own cooking show. So I'm, I'm going to, can I say two? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, come on. Right, I'm going to go with Slim, <laughs> Brittany, and I'm going to go NECA. That's the two best meals that I've had. Okay. Hope no one, yeah, that is. <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So those two. Okay. I mean, by my research, I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think anybody can debate Chef Neck and Chef Slim. No, not all. In fact, I think it, it's something because I actually had, I bought NECA a uh, cookbook and had it delivered uh, a Nigerian cookbook. And so she mm. actually made a dish out of the cookbook. And it was, I mean, I didn't buy the cookbook for her to make me a meal, but right. it was worth it. It, it was worth it. But I did. I did. Since I've been here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, those two. Perfect. So thank you so much. Anything else you'd like to add about about that experience down there? Because, you know, we're we're just, you know, watching you along. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, there was, you know, some bumps and bruises at the very beginning because this is, you know, we've, we've made history, you know, of, of being here. But I will say that the WNBA, the, um, you know, the, the WNBPA, the Players Association and in the IMG, they, they've done a great job. They really have of keeping us safe and, and healthy and, and providing a positive environment. Today we had a barbecue cookout and, you know, we had vendors that 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 sent us uh, different items that we could go by and pick up. And so they're trying to do things um, to help everyone's mental state, you know, of being here. And so, but I, I will tell you that the protocols that they have put in and the way that they are doing it now is allowing us to have a 2020 season. And it's that I got my hats are off to them. They're, they're doing a great job because we've all been great. Only a few false positives, but, but that's been it. So it's been really good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Coach Latricia Trammell, Coach LT, Coach T, yeah. Coach Tram, all of that. We thank appreciate you, you yeah. so very much and enjoy that scouting. Got some yeah. work to do. Yeah, thank you. But I, I appreciate you both. And I know our staff and, and our team and our organization, we just appreciate everything that you do. Seriously, you do a fantastic job. And so thank you very, very much. Thank you all. Thank you, Thank you all. Thank you open all. It, open right invite now. whenever you want to come back on the Never. Spark Report. Open invite. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm here for you. Anytime you want me back, I'll be there for you. Thank you so much. We appreciate yeah. you. Have Thank fun you. at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you a picture. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Right. Right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Okay, Pabby. Well, there you go. That was great. 30 minutes with assistant coach Latricia Trammell. Second year assistant coach with the Sparks. She is that defensive coordinator. A lot of insight. That was great. I feel like I learned a lot more about the Sparks and going forward for the rest of the season, I have some things to look at. And now a lot more things will make sense hearing from her. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually had to go back and like replay it and like literally even break it down more because I was experiencing it real time. But one, mm -hmm. one one thing that stood out to me was when she said that they look at tape from other teams. And I thought back to myself, yeah, I, I felt like, even even like watching the storm game, I felt that the Sparks played the storm, kind of the Aces played the storm. Whereas, and they got physical mm. with them, they didn't like let them settle in. Like I think Brianna, they turned Brianna Stewart into a volume shooter. Now she almost had like a triple double, but she was taking a lot of shots. Right. Like and they would just and like, it worked. Yeah, and, and 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 like yeah, and they worked. I mean, hell, they almost won the game. Like it was a it was a right. If somebody leader. shoots forty percent, it doesn't matter who it is. You'll let somebody shoot fifty times, they're gonna shoot forty percent. Exactly. But that was kind of like the blueprint that, you know, like the Aces did. And also that was very interesting because I feel like with games every single day, I don't even know if you always have time to come up with a, like a super masterful game plan for every single opponent. Sometimes you might have to take things from what other people did and use them. They don't, but I will give uh, credit to, first of all, shout out to Stacey Pates and Sydney Weiss on their Believe in Parks believe in sparks podcast and through listening to that i learned that and what coach tram was saying fred williams he's an assistant coach on the team but he is not there oh, yeah. but he's still working with them so he is watching the games in real time so you know how some of the games overlap or something like that where like the sparks have to do warm-up but the game is going on he can watch all of these games in real time he can watch the sparks games in real time take notes so he's doing a lot of that advanced scouting you know, they have some other people who are with the team who work in video coordinator capacities. They're doing scouting. So like she said, there's a there's eight inside the Wubble, but then there's a whole team outside that is going back and forth. And because they spent the offseason on Zoom getting to know each other, they're used to that virtual communication. And it makes it really easy for someone to, to do that. You know, it's not new to them anymore to communicate virtually and bring in things. And like she said, Coach Fred is putting the things on the scout. So, I mean, what else you got to do in there? Like you're going to hang out with your friends and you get some shots up and go to the pool. But even when you're sitting at the pool on your cabana, you can still be going through your video. Yeah, you can be on the computer, be on your phone, whatever you want to be on. You can spend as game. much you can spend as much time on basketball as you want there. Yeah. Yeah. But which and also I I mean I think obviously a powerful part was was when they were talking about the bond. Well, well, mm -hmm. when well, when Latrice was talking about the bond that the um team shares, um, you know, she right. got up about it, thinking about it. But I just think that was a very, because you know, I think sometimes you know fans don't, for one, kind of don't grasp the concept that athletes are humans at mm -hmm. times, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think they grasp the concept at times that like 
real life can definitely seep over into basketball or into whatever sports you play. You know, mm-hmm. if things aren't great at home, that may affect you. That may affect your mental state. Like I, even even I mean, it's you know we talking about something else, but when, when everybody was getting on PG and PG went you know in an interview and said mentally I wasn't in the best space. You know, I think sometimes people forget that they're you know athletes. So I think her just explaining the bond that you know these players share with each other, especially in a in really a world crisis right now. Mm-hmm. And really, like, all they have is them down there. All they have is them, and they're all going through the same situation. I think that was great. And when you said that and when she said that, when I put all that together, I just had this epiphany that I think the better teams next year in 2021 will be teams that can keep as many people as they've had on successful Wubble teams together. Because think about the bond that these players have now going forward. Yeah. You don't want to have 12 players and then only have six of them back next year. Yeah. You don't want to be any team like that. Even if you have teams where players decide to opt out, like, yeah, you got certain players that are going to be back in the league. You know, John Quill Jones, Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud, Christy Tolliver, Chinea Gumake, Maria Vadiva. But then past that, if it was me choosing between <clears throat> a free agent or somebody who was on my wobble team, I might pick somebody on my wobble team because that built-in bond and chemistry, that's invaluable. The fact that Brittany Sykes and Sydney Weiss barely knew each other before yeah. Brittany Sykes got traded to this team, had never lived together before they went to the wobble, and now they're probably in each other's top 10 or top five. In six like weeks. People people in the world? In six weeks. Right. In six weeks, too. Like we not we're not talking about they played a six months. No, we're, we're talking about six weeks. So right. they, they 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 built these relationships in six weeks. So very to me, it kind of seems like not like college, but kind of like college. It you is, know? it is. It's like it's like living in a dorm room. Yeah, I mean, like, they're better than dorm rooms, but yeah, you know, it's like you're like away from home and you build relationships that may last you a lifetime. Like mm-hmm. Sydney and Brittany may be friends when they're 50 long past basketball because of just this one season. Yes. So I'm with you. I, 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 I think teams have to look very strongly at, especially if you had a team who shared a bond, like it seems like the yeah, a there. successful team. That's what I'm yes. saying. You have one of these successful upper echelon yeah. teams, one of the teams that are healthy, that has, you know, a consistent nine or 10 or something like that. I might just try to build out the bottom of my roster past that because yeah. You already have you chemistry is priceless. Yes. Synergy is priceless. I mean, think about 2K. You know, remember when we used to play 2K back in the day and it would have that team chemistry bar and you would try they to balance do. it out. They still yeah, do. they brought it back still and they're trying do. to make it prominent in 2K21. But you just can't have, you know, five people who are the same or 10 people who are the same. It doesn't work like that. And personalities matter, you know. Right. You also got to make sure that the personalities match. You right. got two people who strong-willed in one place that may not go over so well. Right. And when you, fi- yeah, when you find twelve personalities that are working that together, if I'm them, I'm trying to keep seventy-five percent of them or more. Yeah. Obviously, everybody. Is like I'm keeping seventy-five percent. I'm keeping. Honestly, I don't want to get into the specific list, but I'm keeping eight out of these twelve players for next season. I can agree with that. However, you got to do it with the contracts, the money. I know people got contracts coming up, free agency. You got to get paid, this, this, that, and the other. But if they want to be back, I am bringing way more of them back than not. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to run it back. But, yo, that was great. I'm so glad we got to connect with her. You know, I did not mean to tease her about the beach. Hopefully, they can win those next three games because – I, like I said at the beginning of the show, and like I said last week, like you win five out of six, you are top two. You don't have to play in the first round. You don't have to play in the second round. And then you don't have to play the one seed because it's it's not likely that they'll get the one seed. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but the Storm would have to lose. They would have to collapse. They would have to lose like two out of three or three out of the three last games. Which they have to collapse. You know, yeah. You know, and if the Storm collapsed like that, something is – really wrong with that something happened like like somebody something knock on happened. the wood got hurt 
Yeah, like somebody didn't play if that happens. Yeah, like somebody left the wobble. <laughs> Says somebody left. Says somebody left Brayton, Florida. You yeah, somebody know. just left for somebody whatever left. reason. And if gotta, and and like there have been players who have left for personal reasons this season, and that is completely fine. Nobody is holding that against them. I will not do that in a pandemic because, like you said, it's still a whole pandemic outside whole pandemic. of this bubble, outside of this wobble. You know, but, you know, going to this last week, when you have a player who has stepped up the way she stepped up the last week, Candace Parker, that's all you need. You need her. If she is going to continue to lead this team, if she is going to continue to be an MVP type player, a most valuable Parker, an MV Parker, and if she doesn't win defensive player of the year, Something is wrong with this league. If I had a vote, that's what I'm voting for. Yeah, I can't. I cannot commit my MVP vote to Candace Parker right now, but I would commit my DPOY vote to Candace Parker. And she told me that that one would be more important than the previous MVPs because it's something that no one ever thought she would do. Yes, she made two second team all defensives before, team, all defense. but that ain't nothing compared to defensive player of the year. That ain't BYOP. By the way, we need to get some votes, man. WNBA, put us on the voting board. I don't know how you get on it, but WNBA, put us on the put us on the voting board, man. We need some votes for these awards, man. Well, first of all, you and I, we will just do our own. Fair. We're just gonna give ourselves our own votes on a, a show before they come out with the ones from the league. Fair. We'll just do our own show. We'll do our own show, but I agree. I agree. We'll do our own show. You know, hopefully, you know, some of the independent media out there can do their own awards and things like that. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting because MVP is a legit three person race still with three games to go. And it will still and it will still be at least a two person race with the last game to go. And the one and two will be playing each other. Yeah, it is. It's the. the <laughs> The last the last week of the season is gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. And the aces will be on a back to back. Imagine, imagine if Asia Wilson beats the Sparks and the Storm back to back. She has to be MVP. Crazy two games. She has to be MVP if she beats both of those teams within a span of about twenty four hours. Well, in every game. Well, she has to. She has to perform well for them to beat both of those teams. I mean, that's almost impossible for them to. I mean, because who is going to do it? Angel McCotchy plays 20 minutes a game. Hamby might go crazy. Hamby could go crazy. But I mean, there's still 30 some minutes that Wilson is going to have to play. And and she has to be effective for them. She is 20 and about almost 10. She's 20 and nine. She has to do that for them to be effective against those two teams. Like I said, I think. But if she gets the but if she gets the best of the other two MVP candidates. She's got to be MVP because if she wins those two games, they're probably the one seed. And again, that's what I was saying. The MVP is likely to come from the best team. That's what Candace Parker said. It's the think about the last several MVPs. Deladon, best team. Brianna Stewart, best team. 2017 was Sylvia Files, championship, best team. 2016, Neka Gumake, best team, championship. Like it's that's how voters have been voting. And what's going to change about it now? It's not going to be it's not going to be Diana Taurasi. It was never going to be Dewana Bonner. It's not going to be Brittany Griner. It's not going to be Enrique. Enrique can score 150 points the last three games. It's not going to be her. She can make first team, but it's not going to be her. It's lit. It's not going to be Courtney Vandersloot. Because I don't even think Courtney Vandersloot will vote for herself over you those really three players. Have an issue with Courtney no, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have an issue. rocking with Courtney I don't have an issue with her. But when Courtney Vandersloot tells her teammates, "I can't guard anybody tonight," she couldn't guard nobody that night, man. Yeah, but that's not what. That's not what MVPs. MVPs don't have nights like that. MVPs definitely have nights where they don't guard people. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's a long season. MVPs. As Candace Parker had a whole night when she was consistently getting got by what you would consider the third or fourth option on an offense, because that's what Brittany Sykes or Taya Cooper or whoever 
Vandersloot was guard. Vandersloot wasn't guarding Chelsea Gray. Cheyenne she wasn't guarding NECA. She wasn't guarding Candace Parker. Cheyenne Parker was doing some things yesterday. Bro. Yeah, you know who was kind of guarding Cheyenne Parker more than not? Who? NECA. Okay. It was NECA boarded CP. Okay. Let's, right. keep, let's keep it real. Okay. It was NECA boarded CP, but they won the game. They won the game. First, yeah. first of all, and then that's the other thing. I said that if Courtney Vandersloot averaged 15 points and 10 rebounds and her team was in the top three or the top two, that's sure you could MVP her. But her team is sixth right now. No, she shouldn't win MVP. I so think, she, But she I could think. be first team. She should be first team all WNBA. Somebody, I will say that on the record. Somebody will probably give her a vote, but I don't think she should win. No. Like, she got so a vote they, last year, so she definitely getting yeah, a vote this year because her season this point, year is way better than last year. At this year. point, they've, they're what? 11 and 9. Like, you, right. you are 11 and 9, sixth place. You let like, the Mercury pass you. The yeah, Mercury yeah. were done. Brittany yeah. Griner had left. Hartley was out. They the Mercury are not supposed to be doing what they're doing right now. I the Mercury, agree. the Mercury are literally just playing basketball right now. They're I'd not doing that, anything else but playing basketball. I'd argue that some of that probably helped the Mercury because it's like it less, it's, it's like less people who you who you is less people who you expect to score. They had like four people that you got to keep involved. It's like that's sometimes too many. As you say, they're literally just going out there and hooping. Like that's all they're doing. They just playing basketball, and that's great. But eventually, that's probably gonna catch up with the Mercury because there's gonna be a game when Diana Taurasi and Sky Diggin Smith they're not making their shots. I think it and they're gonna lose a game. I think and when they and what and they're probably gonna have to play in one of the first two games. They're gonna have to play in the first round, and they have to play in the second round. And in one of those rounds, if they're not making their shots, they're going to lose. I think that it could work as long as they're playing one offs. But I think that when you get into a series, and that's when law of averages pop up. And everything else. I don't think they'll make it to a series. Okay. If they do make it to a series, they would probably they would most likely have to play the one seed, which would be series. Yeah. Or the one to play, play the one seed to make it to a, a series. No, they would play the one seed if they made it to a series. Okay. If they yeah. made it to the WNBA semifinals, they would be reseeded to play against the one seed because they would probably be one of the they probably be one of the lower seeds to make it. Yeah. They probably be the lowest seed to make it, being that they are five right now and like when you put the let's say the links are four when you put the links up against you know the sun well they wouldn't play the sun yet whoever whoever it is you put the links up against anybody but the mercury then like you kind of got to give it to the links Fair. i mean because cheryl reeve has won four championships yeah yeah like that's that's one of the greatest coaches in the history of the WNBA. indeed for sure. So you kind of just got to give it to her. But all right. So I'm going to go ahead out on the limb and I'm going to say that the Sparks are going to somehow, even with Weiss out, hopefully she's back by the playoffs. Like coach said, Sykes, I believe that Sykes will be back before the playoffs because she's a tough player. If she's day to day and it was really just like a, you know, well, oh, you just feel it in your chest. Like, That'll that'll go down. She has a world class trainer in Dr. Courtney Watson. She's in Court's Corner. She'll be good. And she has Sydney Weiss to help motivate her, Gulich to help motivate her, everybody else on the team. So, like Marie Gulich can hold down the household for a little bit with two injured roommates. Like, good thing they don't live together by themselves, but they got one more person there that is healthy, that can help them out for this last week and help them get back to what they need to be. But so I'm, say, I'm saying 3-0 and this week because I'm going to stick with what I said they had to do. I believe they know what they have to do. And the Liberty game, you got to beat the Liberty. The Mystics have been playing great, but by the time they play that Mystics game, even though the Mystics haven't been winning, they've been playing better. But by the time they play that Mystics game, the Mystics may very well be out of playoff consideration. Like they may be totally eliminated because they didn't beat the Wings, so it's going to be really tough for them to get into eight now. Like the Wings have to basically lose everything. And I think the Wings still get to play the Liberty. So the Mystics may not have the motivation they need to upset the Sparks. So it's really going to come down to that last game. And if you're telling me that if the Sparks are 16 and five and all they have to do is figure out how to beat the Aces 
to give themselves a whole week off as much as they've gone through, that they're not going to figure out how to get that done. I say they're just going to figure out how to get that done. I'm going to say two and one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, who are you saying they lose to? Aces. Okay. I'm going to say two and one. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm say two and one. I'm with you. Um, I think that, I think that they'll, I, I, I think it'll be closely contested. You know, I think that it'll be something to go down to the wire, may even, may, may, may even go into um, overtime. But I just think that Asia will probably be the best player on the floor. Um, and I think that the Sparks at times struggle with stretch bigs. She's a big who can stretch out. Now she's not stretching out to the, you know, the, uh, the uh, three point line usually. Mm-hmm. But a lot of her game does come from like the elbow. And I think that's I think NECA can take that challenge though. Like NECA's gonna be there. NECA will have some games back under her belt. NECA's gonna have to take that challenge. We'll see. But again, I'm going with two and one. I think okay. I, I think they'll run through the liberty. If they don't run through the liberty, okay. I think they'll run through the right. liberty. Um, I think they'll beat the misses because the if they are- if they don't run through the liberty, they can almost like shut it down for the rest of the season. Yeah, and like, just like whatever, and just get the seed they get, and then play what they play in the second I think round. Liberty, as far as the misses go, I think that the misses will probably be looking to leave by that by that time. Like we just trying to play this game and go home. Yeah, out the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, then if that's the case, then that's a win. So I think the Sparks will take care of those teams pretty handily and pretty um easily, and I think that they'll fall in a close game to the Aces. Well, let me ask you this before we get out of here, then. So. If you are right, the Sparks will have lost to the Storm twice and the Aces twice. Both matchups, both of those teams will be the one and two seeds if that works out that way. How would you prepare if you're the Sparks if you have literally not beat the one or the two seed going into the playoffs? Like uh, Latrice said, you throw the tape away and you pick out the positives that they did. They didn't get ramshacked by any of these teams, except for the first game against the Storm. But they didn't get ramshacked against any of these teams. Like the last Storm, they won on like a buzzer beater where arguably Lloyd's, Ju- uh, Jewel Lloyd's feet were out of bounds. Like it's That's not true. like it's That's not true. like we came out here and got destroyed. The, That's the, not a regular loss. Yeah, the other game against the Aces, it, what was within like eight it points? It was close. It was close. Like if they would have had better defensive rotation down the stretch and would have, you know, stopped Jackie Young's penetration and would have mm-hmm. been better on a pick and pop. They probably would have won that game. So I don't think right. these losses they had are something where it's like, oh my God, we can't. Ain't like you went out there and got ramshacked by 40. And it's like, man, I don't know what we finna do. Like right. that is like, yo, if this ball bounces this way, if we don't do this, if we correct mm-hmm. these couple mistakes, we win those games. So I don't think it's anything is that that I don't think it's a big deal. Like I know Candace went on her tirade, not filler, because obviously you want to win. But it's like, I don't think that any of these things are that I big. went on the same one. Yeah, but like I don't think the energy teams are that big of a deal, especially the last storm game. If anything, I think it was encouraging. You missing the whole NECA, NECA not playing. And yeah, you- that's fine. I'm not talking about the storm game now, but I'm just talking about in the totality of it. When you just look at the the win losses, it's gonna be if they lose to the aces, it's gonna be four losses. Even if they beat the aces, it's gonna be one and three against the two top teams in the league. Those are the two top teams in the league. They've shown and proved that throughout the games that they played so far. You throw the tape away, and again, I think the one thing that they'll have for them is the fact that they will by that time that they they would have gotten to a series. Obviously, they haven't really been able to really hone in, hone in, and scout on opponents because you got games coming so so fast. The fact that they get to sit down, hone in, and scout for you know one team and also make adjustments for a week as opposed to playing three different teams in a week, I think it'll help them. I think they'll be fine anyway. If anybody can scout for one team, it's going to be. Assistant coach Latricia Trammell, assistant coach Fred Williams, and Derek Fisher, as well as all of the vets they have on their team. Exactly. So, I like think that, that was that was one of the things that Brittany Sykes had talked about um, when I asked her about defending. Like, she's like, I've played against these players before. You know, Candace has played against all of these players before. NECA has played against everybody. Simone has played against everybody. So they have the experience. And like you said, if they drill down, when they get the opportunity, if they make it to a series and they have the opportunity to drill down on one team, then that's when that experience helps. That's when it helps to have 35 plus years of experience between your three most veteran players. Exactly. So I think they'll be okay. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think any, any of these losses were that alarming to the point where, where, where you know, if I'm them, I think that, man, we just can't. We just can't beat these women. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think any of that is the case. 
Yeah, but don't let the Liberty catch you sleeping. Because the Liberty have been known, they've been out since Sabrina's been out, realistically. And they still been coming hard and still been trying. Oh, they've been out since game three. You funny. Am I wrong? No, they've been out since game. You're not Am wrong. Am I wrong? You're not right. wrong, but they don't have to be two and sixteen, though. No, they don't they have to be sixteen. But it's it's logical and it's fair. It's fair, but they, they won the games they were supposed to win, or the I games know. they were going to win. Fair. The Liberty have not been robbed in any game. It's fair. They were they robbed with that injury, robbed with Kia Nurse, and then Yanescu doing the ankles, but that's it. Fair. I mean, the Liberty are who they are. They are trying to run a system. They are trying to have everybody shoot threes and do everything like that, but the roster is not totally set up for that yet. But you can see what they're doing, and they get people good shots. They just don't make them all. Or they don't make enough to win. But I don't think the Liberty organization is in peril or flux. It's only going to get better because they're only going to get all the people back who were not in the Wubble, all the people who had to leave the Wubble, and they get to keep drafting. Sabrina just got hurt. Like, if Sabrina was playing, they would have arguably – she probably would have added about six more wins. Just in the fact with, like, the style that – Six? Yeah, five to – If yeah. Sabrina and Kia Nurse were healthy. And Kia Nurse has been nursing the, about, the whole season. Yeah, but the thing about Kia Nurse is I don't know if Kia Nurse and Sabrina really fit together because I think Kia Nurse is used to handling the ball. And on that team, ain't nobody touching the ball besides Sabrina if I'm the coach. Rebound the yeah, ball. Laser Clarington was getting the ball all the time. So if Kia Nurse can develop the skills that Laser Clarington had with the ball, she should be able to coexist with her. Like yeah, she was usually, yeah, but yeah, but she was usually getting it when Sabrina was on the bench, though. No, nah, they started together. They started together? Yes. That was the starting backcourt before Sabrina got hurt. So yeah. I see what you're saying about Kia Nurse because they've even moved Kia Nurse to like the bench. Yeah. No, she's in the she's coming off the bench now. She's like the six. And, yeah. you know, to forward. Yeah. Right. But now she's coming off the bench. So, I mean, if you are a WNBA team that's trying to get better and for some reason the Liberty want to give up Kia Nurse, uh, I say trade for her. Call up, if, call you're the, if you're the Dallas Wings and you can convince your friends at the Liberty to trade with you again, get her. Oh, don't go get her. Why not? Just keep uh, Enrique and uh, Marina. Who's shout out Marina Mabry? She's a. I play those three guards together. I'm, okay, okay. If you don't like that team, let me think of another team that can use. Okay, Connecticut Sun. If Connecticut Sun can figure out how to get Kia Nurse. Then that maybe that's a better answer. Connecticut, Connecticut. You know. Uh, Atlanta Dream could use a, a shooter and a penetrator like Kia Nurse because what they got right now is not working. You had to you have to get rid of somebody. Of course. Are you probably trade Courtney? I mean, I would I would keep Carter, Courtney, and Kia Nurse. I would just let Strickland figure out how to go or not worry about using her. And Glory Johnson is on a one year, like. There are some teams down there. Or, okay, okay, how about the Fever? Like, there are some teams that can build around Kia Nurse. If the Liberty don't want to do it, there's some teams that can build around her. Until they get a Toronto franchise in the WNBA, Kia Nurse is not going to have her own team anymore. She had her own team for a year with the Liberty. It kind of worked. Kind of. I mean, she made the All-Star team. She's good. She was successful herself. She is a brand. She is a she is she a Jordan athlete. Yeah, she's a brand. So like, there's a place for her. But I think the Liberty just got to figure out how to make it work with the two of them. Make them the backcourt instead of Sabrina and another like traditional traditional guard. Nobody doing nothing but shooting the ball when they get it from Sabrina. If I'm the coach, that's fine. Who wouldn't want to shoot? Like, who wouldn't want to shoot? Yeah, but can they shoot is a thing. Like, you know, like Ima- Imagine a player like Raquana Williams with Sabrina. Raquana would shoot like 25 times a game, and she would be like the most – I'm not saying Raquana should play with the Liberty, but I'm just saying a person like that who, when you get the ball, is willing to shoot, like that's what they need. They need willing shooters. 
Yeah, but I think Raquana is more rhythm shooter than a set shooter at times. She's great in transition, though. In tra so I think it could, like, work because she's great in transition. Like, in transition, she can definitely, like, when she gets it, let it fly. But that's more so rhythm than I think set shots. But That's fair. But I mean, but Satu and Sabrina worked. Now, yeah. there's only one Satu Sabali. Yeah, yeah but Satu's <laughs> you know? a decent set shooter, though. Like, she's pretty good. Know. Set. Yeah, no, she is. Put it to the rim, but she's set a good set shooter. Yeah, but, she's a good set shooter. But, hey, thank you so much for watching this Spark Report. Whatever out. whatever area you watch this on, on YouTube, whichever channel, subscribe to the channel. You'll be able to find us you know, weekly throughout the season. But, yeah, shout out to Coach LT. She came yeah. through. She dropped a lot of gems. I learned a lot about the Sparks. I feel like I am even more in touch with the team. You know, I participate. I participate in all of the calls and and everything like that. But I feel like I know a lot more about the team now, and I think that that's going to help both of our coverage. Likewise, likewise. So I shout out to LT and appreciate all y'all for um, consistently yeah. tuning in, and watching us. Yeah, thank you so much for watching the Spark Report. You can find me on Twitter, John W. Davis. You can find me on YouTube as well, Pabby. Where can we find you? And are we doing a Another volume this week? No, not this week, but I am. My next project will be called Songs About Women. Um, Ooh. About women. Probably so, Songs About Women. Are you going to dedicate one to the WNBA? I actually might do that. I might drop a couple of WNBA references. I actually might do make a you song. Should. You should. I, you should. Dude, you should. Know you know how much cred you would get if you did I that? Do it. I might actually do it this week. You but, should do it. But you can find me on Twitter at PavyWorld, P-A-V-Y-Word, all one word. If you want to check out my music, um, you can go to paverbs.com, P-A-Verbs.com. Check everything out there. And, uh, yeah, it's been the Spark Report. All right, yeah. Been watching the Spark Report, John W. Davis and Pavy. Peace, y'all. Appreciate it.